You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Until then, taking your phone calls on Aaron Judge, your MVP in the AL, Paul Goldsmith, your MVP in the NL, and talking a little Knicks basketball here on 987 ESPN. And Gordon, uh, we were talking uh, before the break about what the Mets having an interest in Justin yeah. Verlander. Here's the big concern I have. Not only what you said about the injury situation and the age, you are a thousand percent right. Plus, Gordon, I don't know, leaving Houston, he's going to be the same guy. If something exactly. happens in Houston, yeah, it does. he may not it does be the same pitcher. Way, right? yeah. He may not be the same pitcher if he leaves mm-hmm. there. So I don't know if I want, I don't, I'm, I understand why you're interested. He's a Cy Young Award winner. I get it. He's been, he's been very good. I, I just don't know, Gordon. I'm concerned. I need, I need some young arms to, to bolster this staff. I, I understand why Met fans are like, okay, I don't know what I'm getting from Degrom. Degrom. I think in a way. We kind of feel some some Met fans kind of feel uh, betrayed for the fact that after you know he's been injured, he's been inconsistent because of injuries, and when he's and the last year he didn't finish strongly, and now he wants to leave. I mean, he made before the season started, he said he wanted to go. He was going to test the free agent market. So I don't. I think there's a little, you know, there's a little anger in how the season ended, and there's a little feeling of betrayal a little bit too, Gordon. Yeah, um, I, I can hear that. Uh, I just like what's the and I can understand there being trepidation about signing Degrom long term. And I think in his ver, you know, in his uh, if you're looking at, I think you're talking four years. Four mm-hmm. years is a very long time to sign somebody like Jacob Degrom when he's had the issues that he's had here the last few years, and you really don't know how many starts you're going to get out of him per season. But you know, if the plan B is Justin Verlander, who will be 40 next year, and who's not going to be cheap. I mean, the no. reports there have been two years, ninety million. <laughs> I mean, that is Scherzer money. Yeah, I mean, that is that is exte- I mean, and we saw what Scherzer did down the stretch mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah. So uh, I don't. It's not like that. There's a plan B that I would say. Oh, that that is the one that makes sense. I can understand Met fans being a little nervous about signing Degrom long term, but if the if the case is is your owner has the money to sign, money is no object. Shouldn't the money be put into the guy who's like the French, one of the franchise icons? Yeah, it, you you would think that here's a guy who, as you mentioned, has been your guy. I mean, yeah. he's your guy. You you want to keep your guys. You want to sign your guys. And you know, I I just think it's it's the amount of money. You know, I mean, people were. T- I mean, fifty million were the some of the numbers out there, Gordon, right, uh, for him. And you're talking two hundred million. And I don't think he'll get fifty, but let's just play the play the role. Right, forty-five. It's yeah. not going to be that much less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to be in the neighborhood. It's not going to be far. Yeah. And you're looking at that, and you're saying, yeah, but he only he only gave me eleven starts last year. Right. Wound up with an ERA of three. Yeah, and the I last can... couple of starts were not that good. No. You know, they cost us a division, which cost us, uh, you know, a spot. Absolutely. Yeah. So you you know you got to be a little concerned. And plus, you, ha- you, you, you cannot just run it back. No. But what's the way that you improve it? It's yeah. it's kind of difficult to to put that together. You need some hitting too. Yes, you need a couple of bats. absolutely right. Absolutely, yeah, you need a couple yeah. of bats to support these arms. Right, give, give me your thoughts about Aaron Judge, Gordon. Uh, I noticed that the, the guy who caught um, the sixty-second home run ball yes. is is putting the ball now up for auction. Now mm-hmm. he had an, an offer at one point that was three million dollars sold, and he declined that. <laughs> Uh, and now they're putting it up for auction with the starting bid being $1 million. But this is the line that, that made me laugh, Larry. Uh-huh. Um, Corey Yeomans, 35 uh-huh. from Dallas, told ESPN that, quote, after weeks of a lot of deep conversations with his wife <laughs> and his lawyer, they've decided to sell the ball. I think I know how those conversations went. <laughs> we could have gotten how much? Yeah. We, we could have gotten $3 million? We are selling that. You listen to me right now. We are putting that ball up for deep conversations with his wife. That's a very nice way to put it. Yes, and and this is not the lawyer. The lawyer was no the lawyer. The lawyer just sat back and said, "You guys, let me know when you're ready. Call me, I'll, I'll put call you me in with touch decision. with you who you need to know." <laughs> oh call me with a decision. Yeah. I, let me get Steiner on speed dial. I'll tell you right now. If I, I'll make a prediction right now, if mm-hmm. they don't get at least two million for that ball, the, the things are not going well in that household for a very long time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I get you're the right. feeling that, that that that's not the last time they're going to be seeing that lawyer. 
and and the, and the conversations won't be that deep. <laughs> oh, no, no. My it case is this: he turned down three million, sold. Yeah, that's right. Case closed. You get everything. You yep. get everything. <laughs> oh man, you get the furniture, and you get the house, and you get yeah. the car, and you After get the weeks and you of get deep the baseball. conversations. Yes, I'm sure yeah. they were very deep. Yeah, they didn't go well. No, <laughs> they didn't go well. Nick's in the car. What's up, Nick? You're next on ninety-eight-seven. What's up, fellas? Uh, appreciate you, Larry and Gordon, um, especially when I'm making that long commute home. Really appreciate you guys. Um, Thanks, first man. off, big shout out to Aaron Judge. Huge um, accomplishment getting an MVP. Although the season ended on a disappointing note, and we want to see him play better in the future. It's a huge shout out from any true New York Yankees fan. Um, now, I just wanted to make a quick point about the Knicks. Want to know what you guys think? Um, I'm all about let's deal with the real and not the ideal. The ideal is. Yeah, maybe we get one of those A players in the past. I always wanted LeBron and Kevin Durant. Um, I don't believe Murray is an A player. I don't believe Mitchell is an A player. We would have had to give up too much for them. We have well, we have a solid team. Let's deal with the real. Let's figure out a way to put all the pieces together so that the sum of all the parts is more than those, those teams with one A player or two A players. We have the potential to have good chemistry. I'm seeing hopefully the beginnings of it on this road trip. Yeah, you know, RJ doesn't look good. Right now, he looks like he's sulking a bit. I hope some of the veterans on the team, maybe a Derrick Rose, can talk to him a little bit, get him to get out of the funk. We saw this last year, and then he stepped up at the end of the season. And so I want to see us, like, let's rock with what we have. Let's stop complaining about what we don't have, and let's, like, focus on the potential of what we have. Let's get the young guys in. Where's my boy Deuce McBride at? He's a strong defensive player. He needs time on the court. And Thibodeau, the jury's still out, but I think we got – the potential to be a solid team this year. And I don't know what that means for the playoffs, but um, I'm hopeful. All right, Nick. Thanks for the phone call and the kind words. Uh, considering that Tibbs has shortened the rotation, there's the, you're not going to see Grimes. Nope. Okay? Um, you're not going to see him. And I understand what you're saying about his defense and everything. And, yeah, he's there's no question he has shown his ability to be pretty good defensively. In the G League, he'd be an all-star if he played down there offensively. I mean, he dominates there. Uh, but I just think that for Thibodeau, um, you know, Grimes is ahead of McBride defensively for him. And so and, and McBride, you know, is still I mean, Grimes is still trying to get back, which is why he's not playing yet consistently. So uh, it, it's going to take some time. But, you know, yeah, the Knicks are going to have to make a move. And it is going to be interesting to see what they do with the trade deadline this year, Gordon, because if they are close where they are showing some signs of, you know, playing well and continuing to be around 500 and maybe just a game above or a game below. Uh, if they have an opportunity to package a couple of these young players, uh, I want to see – it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the, the Brooklyn Nets might have a guy that might be interesting. To oh, know. man. Oh, my Lord. What a it, mess that it, is, it, huh? It doesn't get better. <laughs> it just doesn't get better. It really doesn't. Could you it's imagine if the Knicks had that game? I mean, they put they gave up 145 to the Thunder at home, which was disgraceful. Mm -hmm. you imagine, what was it, 153 the Kings put up? The Kings. Yes, I know. They had six guys score at least 15 points, I think it was. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Here's what's funny. And, and, and I understand why people criticized the beard James Harden last year because of, you know, just the fact that he, how he left Houston Absolutely. and everything. Yep. So I, I get it. And his conversation about how he forced his way out of here, he forced his way out of here, Gordon, because Kyrie was, wasn't playing because of right. the you know situation with COVID, the, the vaccinations. And Durant was hurt, and he was the only guy. Fast forward a year, and Kevin Durant's looking around like, he's the only guy. And he's starting to say the same thing. He's saying mm -hmm. the things yeah. in public that Harden said in private. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it. You have you have KD ripping his teammates. You have the yep. report that the teammates are already fed up with Ben Simmons. Yes. You have the whole Kyrie thing. You've yes. already fired the coach. Yes. And you're 15 games in. Yeah. <laughs> this is 15 games. That's right. We haven't oh, left November Lord. yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I know we all love sports because of the yes. unpredictability of it. Mm -hmm. Nobody anywhere could have predicted that this Nets thing would have turned out like this. Yep, you're right. Whew. You're right. Lord. Gordon, I have a quandary, 
And I okay. need, we're going to take a break in a second. Chantel, Harvey, we'll get to the break in a second. But I need to do this with Gordon. i got to talk to my partner. Gordon, cover five. I've been going back and forth. Okay. I'm thinking about tonight. I'm looking at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Tennessee. Right. I picked Tennessee first. Right. Then I said, no, 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 no. I know they can run the ball great, but I still think the way that, uh, you know, Rodgers played, he could, he could blow them up with the passing game. So then I switched to Green Bay. Then I said, no, 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 no. I don't want to take the game at all. I got two minutes, Gordon. Should I take the game or no? That's a pass then. If you don't really, if you're going back and forth, that means sit it out. Okay. So I made the right decision not to do Yes, okay. absolutely. Because then I wouldn't be able to do the show. I'd be <laughs> right. Well, that now, but unfortunately, now you put yourself in the position where you're definitely going to hate yourself, right? Because one of those two teams is going to win, and then you're going to be thinking, ah, I was, I was leaning that way. But you yeah. were leaning both ways, which means yeah, that you should That's the issue. Yeah, you should lean, you should lean out. That's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the thing that I've learned. Uh, perfect. Thank you, partner. We'll continue the conversation with you on the phones next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Talk to John in Staten Island. What's up, John? Hey, what's up? What's up, fellas? Um, I was listening to one of the callers earlier talking about the Knicks are on a good path in terms of the young players and picks. I disagree with that, Monster. I really believe that the Knicks missed the opportunity by getting a guy like Donovan Mitchell because he is a really, really good player. And in the NBA, you need players like that. And another thing, with the picks and the young players that we have now, we're having problems with them even getting on the court now. So, if we were to pick a young player in this draft or any future draft picks, where are they going to play? Where's the playing time coming from? We're already worried about Toppin getting playing time. We're worried about quickly getting playing time. R.J. Barrett is playing a lot of minutes, but we're already complaining about his minutes. Where's Sims going to get in the game? We haven't even talked about Grimes and McBride. And you're talking about adding more picks and young players. We really need to start consolidating some of our assets and players that we already developed into a star player. We have enough veteran pieces in the Randall, in the Brunson, and, and other supplementary pieces that a star player comes in, we can take an next step and maybe be in the middle pack of the middle of the East, and then you could possibly make another move later on to get another added piece, and then you're really in the, in the, in the game. But I think right now we're just really just treading water, and we really don't have any direction looking at what our pieces are um, young players are doing now, and also what the talent we have now. So that's so, my thought. So, John, you were on. you were willing to trade a bunch of your young players and draft choices to get Donovan Mitchell? Yes, and I'm explaining the reason why. Because mm-hmm. when you when the players that they were talking about, those players right now, when you look at their minutes, they're not getting major major minutes, other than Barrett. Everyone else in that trade package are players that are more likely were not going to get playing time or they're getting playing time but not, as, not, not enough to develop to the potential of getting to even a Donovan Mitchell status. Okay, now, so let me ask you this, Mitchell, John. Let me ask you this. Okay. Uh, if, if Danny Ainge wanted those players, don't you think they might be a little better than what you're giving them credit for? Well, Danny, I, I, I personally believe that the Knicks – tried to squeeze the, the, all the juice out of the orange, and they tried to keep, like, one or two of those players. They, they should have – the first initial package that came out that they initially reported, the Knicks should have jumped over that deal from the jump. But they tried to squeeze out the deal and try to keep a couple of players here and there, and they lost out on that deal. And they wound up – and Danny Ainge wound up going with another deal that I personally believe it was better because the other teams had an opportunity to know what they could give up compared to what the Knicks was willing to give up. Well, the, the, well, the reason why it was better, John, to be honest with you, and thanks for the phone call, the reason why it was better for Cleveland is because Cleveland had better talent. <laughs> so they have better talent left over, so when Donovan Mitchell goes there, he's got more to work with. You know, that's really what made it. Listen, I will say this, John, and we can go back and forth on it, and there are times that I think the Knicks should have made the deal, and there are times that I think they should not have made the deal. But for me, Gordon, I think if they had not already gotten – Jalen Brunson, they would have made the deal for Donovan Mitchell. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I think probably. the idea of having two small backcourt guys, and I know it's worked on other teams, I get it, but the idea of having two smaller backcourt guys, I think it just unnerved them. They, they fell to the concern of, well, what are we going to do defensively? And the other issue is, 
And I don't know that it's fair or not and because, you know, I'm not in Utah. I only watched them when they were on occasionally. But the fact that they were able to just constantly, they were treading water in Utah. And I just think it eventually, and I get it, it's the West, I understand. But now the East is starting to be on the par, if not, might be a little deeper than the West. And I just think there's some people, maybe in that Nick front office, that was like, well, it's how good is Donovan Mitchell going to be? Is he, is he the person that puts us over? Is he that guy that puts us over? Or is he a guy that kind of makes us, okay, maybe a game or two better, and we look back and we've depleted some of our depth so that we might end up with a six, seven, eight man rotation anyway. I, it, it's 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 interesting to hear what would have gone on in that Nick front office. Yeah, but look, here's the thing. I agree with you. I don't think Mitchell would have put the Knicks as a top four seed. Maybe that would have secured them a little bit better to be in the playoffs as opposed to a play in. But I don't know how much better. I will say this. I agree with John in that it doesn't really it seems like the Knicks are halfwaying both ways of the of the thing right like they 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 want to have the young players but they're not playing the young players the the veterans that they have are not good enough to get them to the level where they're going to be a play-in team for sure so it's almost like they're kind of halfwaying things and and they're left kind of in the middle which is the worst place to be mm-hmm. where you're not good enough to make the playoffs but you're not really bad enough to get a high draft pick and it's nice that they have had that this regime has come in and kind of developed a little credibility uh, in terms of, like, let's put something on the floor that is at least uh, to a certain level, right? Like, it's not as bad as what it was before when they were averaging, you know, 21, 22 wins a year. But at some point, you have to kind of find that path forward, and it doesn't really feel like the Knicks have – they have ways to go forward. They have assets to move forward with, but the actual path forward is not really all that clear-cut three years in. I don't think they're going to make a, a, a legitimate path forward until they change the coach. It's just me. Yeah. I think when they change the coach, they, I think Jim Dolan believes he owes Thibodeau opportunity with the fact that he was able to get them to the postseason for the first time in forever with what he had. And so I think, well, you know, that that's that's what they're looking at. And so they tried to add low pieces mm-hmm. last year, and that didn't work. Keep the work. flexibility, right? Keep the right. options open. And then they, now they tried that. So they added a, sign, a signing you know, player this year, and Brunson is a good signing. He's worked. You yep. can see the difference in what he brings to the table. The question is, and Gordon, what are they going to have to prove to other teams for players to be interested? And you and I both know, the rumor on Thibodeau is after three years, he has worn you out physically, <laughs> mentally, and your ears are still ringing. You hear, his, you hear his voice in your sleep. And so I don't know that a lot of players want to deal with that. And so I don't know that they can take that next step forward unless he's not here. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, I think it is a little frustrating as a fan, though, because like you know, you, you've you've gotten all these, and I can understand why Nick fans would be frustrated. You, you've gotten all these assets, you've put yourself in this position. You, the, a guy becomes available, a guy who's from this area, mm-hmm. who, who knows what he would be dealing with walking in. The deal seems like it's there. It's expensive. It's not cheap, but you have what's necessary to make the deal, and then you don't make the deal. He goes and prospers like you, th- you knew he would, and now you're just kind of sitting and waiting for the next guy to become available, and it's not like the bus, right? There's not a schedule right. for these type of things. You're just kind of nope. waiting and, and, and kind of just holding. And in the meantime, you're just kind of in the middle of the road. So I get it. I, I can't say I disagree with the, the caller. No, I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with them either. I'm just wondering, you know, I'm just wondering what, what's the option? Because now they, they had to know that they, had, they were in the leading spot to get him. He was mm-hmm. begging to come here. Yep. Begging. It seemed like it was it, it, they were the team that was going to get him. Yeah. Seemed like he just a matter of time and just a matter of how much. Yeah, but. it is. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't get him. It would have been, I will say this, offensively, it would have been a very entertaining team. Absolutely. Defensively. Yeah, it would have been an issue. <laughs> I mean, they're <laughs> giving up 145 points. Team. How much worse can the defense be, really, right? <laughs> It would have been even more entertaining or frustrating. Yeah. You know, we'll see what happens. Nelson's in Long Island. What's up, Nelson? How's it going, guys? Uh, I just think I, I look at this Nick team, and what I would love to see is that Larry Brown Detroit Pistons team. There was no 
great, great, rated A superstar, but there were players there that they were there. There were players there that played with team unity. If these guys can play together, they are a better team on the on the floor. They really are. Just got to be patient. Got to be. Just got to be patient. Another thing is, I look at the Carmelo era. You know, we mortgaged our future to get Melo, and I love Melo. But we got to be smart as well. You can't just give up everything to bring in Donovan when Donovan is a one-sided player offensively, but yet you're going to get hurt defensively. People got to look at it a little more open-minded, use logic behind the theory. They have to believe in the system. I think the team is still coming together. They're not there yet. They, they don't believe in the system. The moment they do, there's going to be a better floor there. It's going to be a better team. It's going to be running and gunning. They got to know who they are. Each player has to supplement one another. They're not there yet. We got to be patient, New York. All right, Nelson. Thanks for the phone call. I, the problem, not only well, they needed they needed some other. I mean, they needed other people to be along with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. And what you had was you had a, a, a injured but willing Amari Stoudemire. You had uh, you know Chauncey Billups, and then he was gone, and you brought in Jason Kidd, who was you know near the end of his career with Raymond Felton, and you made a nice little run. So it, it's really that he needed – Carmelo needed another player. Gordon, this is the NBA. You need two, sometimes three players that are on a level where A, A minus, and B. <laughs> and that's where you really shine. Now, perhaps with work and playing time, these young players will, will continue to grow and get better. But I still think you need another player – Right, Gordon, another frontline player in that starting rotation that moves some of your starters, maybe one starter to the bench, which makes your depth a little better. You know what I mean? That, oh, that's absolutely. What the, that's yeah, what you're I mean, looking for. You need another guy that can come in here. Randall can't be your best guy. Can't no, be your best starter. We knew this, right? Absolutely. Yeah, he can't be your best starter. You know, you need another guy that's your best starter that's better than Randall. Okay, and then now you've got him and Randall. And Brunson, now now you now you you're looking at something. Now you're looking at something. You know. So, but yeah. but it's going to be a while. The, I, look, the one thing you can never complain about Nick fans is patience. They are patient. They're I mean, they've been waiting. Patient. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Patience is not an issue with Nick fans. No, it is not. It is not. It is not. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. More of your calls next on ninety eight seven ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Let's talk to John in Staten Island. What's up, John? Hey, what's up? What's up, fellas? Um, I was listening to one of the callers earlier talking about the Knicks on a good path in terms of the young players and picks. I disagree with that, Marcel. I really believe that the Knicks missed the opportunity by getting a guy like Donovan Mitchell because he is a really, really good player. And in the NBA, you need players like that. And another thing, with the picks and the young players that we have now, we're having problems with them even getting on the court now. So if we were to pick a young player in this draft or any future draft picks, where are they going to play? Where's the playing time coming from? We're already worried about Toppin getting playing time. We're worried about quickly getting playing time. R.J. Barrett is playing a lot of minutes, but we're already complaining about his minutes. Where's Sims going to get in the game? We haven't even talked about Grimes and McBride. And you're talking about adding more picks and young players. We really need to start consolidating some of our assets and players that we already developed into a star player. We have enough veteran pieces in the Randall, in the Brunson, and and other supplementary pieces that a star player comes in. We can take an next step and maybe be in the middle pack of the middle of the East, and then you could possibly make another move later on to get another added piece, and then you're really in the, in the, in the game. But I think right now we're just really just treading water and we really don't have any direction looking at what our pieces are, um, young players are doing now and also what the talent we have now. So that's so my So, John, th- you, were, you were willing to trade a bunch of your young players and draft choices to get Donovan Mitchell. Yes, and I'm explaining the reason why. Because mm-hmm. when you when the players that they were talking about, those players right now, when you look at their minutes, they're not getting major, major minutes other than Barrett. Everyone else in that trade package are players that are more likely were not going to get playing time or they're getting playing time but not as, not enough 
to develop to the potential of getting to even a Donovan Mitchell status. Okay, now, so let me ask you this, Mitchell, John. Let me ask you this. Okay. Uh, if, if Danny Ainge wanted those players, don't you think they might be a little better than what you're giving them credit for? Well, Danny, I, I, I personally believe that the Knicks tried to squeeze the, the, all the juice out of the orange and they tried to keep like one or two of those players. They, they should have the first initial package that came out that they initially reported, the Knicks should have jumped over that deal from the jump. But they tried to squeeze out the deal and try to keep a couple of players here and there, and they lost out on that deal. And they wound up, and Danny Ainge wound up going with another deal that I personally believe it was better because the other teams had an opportunity to know what they could give up compared to what the Knicks was willing to give up. Well, the, well, the reason why it was better, John, to be honest with you, and thanks for the phone call, the reason why it was better for Cleveland is because Cleveland had better talent. <laughs> so they have better talent left over, so when Donovan Mitchell goes there, he's got more to work with. You know, that's really what made it. Listen, I will say this, John, and we can go back and forth on it, and there are times that I think the Knicks should have made the deal, and there are times that I think they should not have made the deal. But for me, Gordon, I think if they had not already gotten Jalen Brunson, they would have made the deal for Donovan Mitchell. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I think probably. the idea of having two small backcourt guys, and I know it's worked on other teams, I get it, but the idea of having two smaller backcourt guys, I think it just unnerved them. They, they fell to the concern of, well, what are we going to do defensively? And the other issue is, and I don't know that it's fair or not, and because you know I'm not in Utah. I only watch them when they were on occasionally. But the fact that they were able to just constantly, they were treading water in Utah. And I just think it eventually, and I get it, it's the West, I understand. But now the East is starting to be on the par, if not, might be a little deeper than the West. And I just think there's some people, maybe in that Nick front office, that was like, well, it's how good is Donovan Mitchell going to be? Is he, is he the person that puts us over? Is he that guy that puts us over? Or is he a guy that kind of makes us, okay, maybe a game or two better, and we look back and we've depleted some of our depth so that we might end up with a six, seven, eight-man rotation anyway. I, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear what would have gone on in that Nick front office. Yeah, but look, here's the thing. I agree with you. I don't think Mitchell would have put the Knicks as a top-four seed. Maybe that would have secured them a little bit better to be in a playoffs as opposed to a play-in, but I don't know how much better. I will say this. I agree with John in that. It doesn't really. It seems like the Knicks are halfwaying both ways of the of the thing, right? Like they 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 want to have the young players, but they're not playing the young players. The the veterans that they have are not good enough to get them to the level where they're going to be a play in team for sure. So it's almost like they're kind of halfwaying things, and and they're left kind of in the middle, which is the worst place to be, mm-hmm. where you're not good enough to make the playoffs, but you're not really bad enough to get a high draft pick. And it's nice that they have had that this regime has come in and kind of developed a little credibility uh, in terms of, like, let's put something on the floor that is at least uh, to a certain level, right? Like, it's not as bad as what it was before when they were averaging, you know, 21, 22 wins a year. But at some point, you have to kind of find that path forward, and it doesn't really feel like the Knicks have – they have ways to go forward. They have assets to move forward with, but the actual path forward is not really all that clear-cut three years in. I don't think they're going to make a, a, a legitimate path forward until they change the coach. It's just me. Yeah. I think when they change the coach, they, I think Jim Dolan believes he owes Thibodeau opportunity with the fact that he was able to get them to the postseason for the first time in forever with what he had. And so I think, well, you know, that that's that's what they're looking at. And so they tried to add low pieces mm-hmm. last year, and that didn't work. Keep the work. flexibility, right? Keep the right. options open. And then they, now they tried that. So they added a, sign, a signing you know, player this year, and Brunson is a good signing. He's worked. You yep. can see the difference in what he brings to the table. The question is, and Gordon, what are they going to have to prove to other teams for players to be interested? And you and I both know, the rumor on Thibodeau is after three years, he has worn you out physically, <laughs> mentally, and your ears are still ringing. You hear, his, you hear his voice in your sleep. And so I don't know that a lot of players want to deal with that. And so I don't know that they can take that next step forward 
unless he's not here. You know, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, I think it is a little frustrating as a fan, though, because, like, you know, you, you've, you've gotten all these – and I can understand why Nick fans would be frustrated. You, you've gotten all these assets. You've put yourself in this position. You, the, a guy becomes available, a guy who's from this area, mm-hmm. who, who knows what he would be dealing with walking in. The deal seems like it's there. It's expensive. It's not cheap. But you have what's necessary to make the deal, and then you don't make the deal – he goes and prospers like you, th- you knew he would, and now you're just kind of sitting and waiting for the next guy to become available, and it's not like the bus, right? There's not a schedule right. for these type of things. You're just kind of nope. waiting and, and, and kind of just holding. And in the meantime, you're just kind of in the middle of the road. So I get it. I, I can't say I disagree with the, the caller. No, I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with them either. I'm just wondering, you know, I'm just wondering what, what's the option? Because now they, they had to know that they, had, they were in the leading spot to get him. He was mm-hmm. begging to come here. Yep. Begging. It seemed like it was the, it, it, they were the team that was going to get him. Yeah. seemed like he just a matter of time and just a matter of how much. Yeah, but. it is. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's – I don't know. I don't know why they didn't get him. It would have been – I will say this. Offensively, it would have been a very entertaining team. Absolutely. Defensively – Yeah, it would have been an issue. <laughs> I mean, they're <laughs> giving up 145 points. Team. How much worse can the defense be, really, right? <laughs> It would have been even more entertaining or frustrating. Yeah. You yeah. know, we'll see what happens. Nelson's in Long Island. What's up, Nelson? How's it going, guys? Uh, I just think I, I look at this Knicks team, and what I would love to see is that Larry Brown Detroit Pistons team. There was no great, great rated A superstar, but there were players there that they were there. There were players there that played with team unity. If these guys can play together, they are a better team on the on the floor. They really are. Just gotta be patient. Gotta be. Just gotta be patient. Another thing is, I look at the Carmelo era. You know, we mortgaged our future to get Melo, and I love Melo, but we gotta be smart as well. You can't just give up everything to bring in Donovan when Donovan is a one-sided player offensively, but yet you're gonna get hurt defensively. People gotta look at it a little more open-minded, use logic behind the theory. They have to believe in the system. I think the team is still coming together. They're not there yet. They, they don't believe in the system. The moment they do, there's going to be a better floor there. It's going to be a better team. It's going to be running and gunning. They got to know who they are. Each player has to supplement one another. They're not there yet. We got to be patient, New York. All right, Nelson. Thanks for the phone call. I, uh, the problem, not only well, they needed they needed some other. I mean, they needed other people to be along with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. And what you had was you had a, a, a injured but willing. Amari Stoudemire, you had, uh, you know, Chauncey Billups, and then he was gone, and you brought in Jason Kidd, who was, you know, near the end of his career with Raymond Felton, and you made a nice little run. So it's really that he needed, Carmelo needed another player. Gordon, this is the NBA. You need two, sometimes three players that are on a level where A, A minus, and B. And that's where you really shine. Now, perhaps with work and playing time, these young players will will continue to grow and get better. But I still think you need another player, right, Gordon? Another frontline player in that starting rotation that moves some of your starters, maybe one starter to the bench, which makes your depth a little better. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. That's what you're looking for. You need another guy that can come in here. Randall can't be your best guy. Can't be your best starter. We knew this, right? Absolutely. He can't be your best starter. You know, you need another guy that's your best starter that's better than Randall, okay? And then now you've got him and Randall and Brunson. Now now you're you're looking at something. Now you're looking at something. You know, so, but but it's going to be a while. Uh, look, the one thing you can never complain about Nick fans is patience. They are patient. They are I mean, they've been waiting. Patient. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Patience is not an issue with Nick fans. No, it is not. It is not. It is not. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. I don't know how people do this. See, see, leave all your <laughs> suffering to Sunday. Yeah, one day. <laughs> right. You get all the suffering out of the way one day. And, and I, I know I've brought this up before. With all the things that we do surrounding football now, between fantasy leagues and betting and the cover five stuff we do, 
you're, you're bound to be miserable about something, right? Yeah, you're right. You're not going to get all the things to line up per- perfectly. Nope. 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 You got to rank them. Yeah. I could rank two from last week already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about them Cowboys. Yeah. Back to the phones we go. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing tonight? Good show as always. Thank you, Buddha. You know, um, real quick, before I get into the Knicks and, 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 and the Jets, which is my primary call, you know, Gordon, you spoke about the Yankees and the infield, and they had me thinking of two things, and neither one is good. First is, um, first and foremost, which is more important, I'm concerned and I'm wondering if Bruce is still with us. Because with all of this stuff yeah. that's going on with the Yankees, all these shenanigans, mm-hmm. he would have called. I don't know if you guys have any way of outreach or whatever, but he's been on my mind for a little bit. And, uh, you know, concerned. Me too, Buddha. It's been, a, it's been a minute. It's, it's been a minute. You know what I'm saying? It's and been that's two not minutes. Like Bruce. It's been two minutes. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. especially with what happened with the lady Edith. You know what I mean? From yeah. from the Michael K show. Yeah. You know, right. especially at this time of year. You know, I get a little sentimental and stuff. You know. Absolutely. Apologize for that. Absolutely. Nothing um, wrong with it. You know, and then with, um, the other part of the Yankees' point is just you were talking about the infield and um, what DJ is going to play. Listen, at this point, with the injury history he's had for the last two years, he, he's he's a rotational guy. I don't even think he's a starter anymore. And if the Yankees were really serious, really serious about turning these things around, they signed Rizzo, every other one of those infield positions would be switched, including Gleyber Torres. I mean, you, you, what, you, what are you waiting for? His best year was his first year. You understand what I mean? So yeah, that, no, that's in terms of uh, that's a flat fish on the bottom of the ocean. We call that a fluke, all right? So you know it is what it is with that. Uh, Julius Randle played well last night, Unc. And I know you. Were, I heard it in your voice when you opened up. You know, I know you were happy. I know you're feeling good, but I also heard that reservation in your voice. And you know, there were still a little bit too many threes, you know, for my liking. But what I did like about what he did is he went to the basket with some type of authority a couple of times. Only problem for the Knicks is last year you would say R.J. Barrett came on and kind of was like the leading scorer or the leading guy, whatever you want to call it. Julius Randle was sulking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last few games, R.J. Barrett's been a no-show. He's been um, making houses for the three little pigs, and Julius Randle's flourished. So that bears watching. You know, if you can get both of those guys playing together well, that would be a good thing. But who's going to defer to who? You know, stay tuned for that. But, listen, the primary thing for me this week, obviously, is the Jets and the Patriots. You know, you look at the Jets and the Giants, they both play the same style. They run the ball well, they play good defense, and they ask the quarterback to game manage and make a few plays here and there. The only problem with the Jets is, when I look at Daniel Jones, he's got eight touchdowns, you know, two interceptions, then he's got another three touchdowns, about 400 yards rushing. Then I'm looking at Zach Wilson, you know, in, you know, and Daniel Jones had the injury concerns. Seems like he's worked that out so far so good this year. Uh, Zach Wilson, not so much. But he's got four four touchdowns and five interceptions. And, you know, I look at the throw that Daniel Jones made to Slayton and that touchdown pass to, to Jacksonville. You know, that reminds you of why they called him Danny Dimes. Yet to see a throw like that from Wilson, yet to see him really, you know, be not just a passenger on the ship, but, like, sort of like, at least if he's not the captain, like the first mate or something. And, you know, what, what pisses me off, not pisses me off, but what, just what I've noticed is, you know, they treated him with kick gloves. I, I heard the interview, uh, the, the thing that they had with LaFleur earlier, it sounded like they're trying to hold him a little bit more accountable. You know, he's a very snarky kid. Um, he thinks he's better than what he is. I mean, this generational talent that people talk about, please, give me a break. And as I'm saying, his arm is not even as good as they, they said it was. And he's definitely little, and he definitely doesn't have the best athleticism that I've seen of, of the younger guys coming along. But what I don't like about him is that he, he he's talking about stuff like noise outside the building, like it's some illusion about his play. Yo, bro, listen, they didn't let Mike White on the field again last year not because Mike White played poorly in Buffalo, because they didn't want to start any type of controversy. Mike White can see the field better than you. He can read the defense better than you. You might have better arm talent than him, but Mike White knows how to play the quarterback position better than you. And if you don't realize what's going on around you, you know, you're going to end up being out of a job because they elevated Mike White to number two. You understand what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and you know, 
I, I think, you know, listen, I, I'm sorry, man. Like, I haven't told you a thousand times. I, I think Zach Wilson stinks. It was a bad pick or whatever. But, but you have the opportunity here this weekend to shut guys like me up, to shut all the other people who have been this noise outside of the building because New England is going to take away the running game. They're going to take away Garrett Wilson to the best of their ability, and they're going to take away the tight end to the best of their ability. This here is a no-excuses weekend. I don't want to hear it on Monday or whatever. You need to come out here, and you need to – is it asking too much to throw for 225, maybe 20 out of 26 with maybe two touchdowns? No interception, or maybe two touchdowns, one interception. I don't think that that's asking too much. And I agree with you, but it's not. Got to come off. Come it's on. It's not, and and it should come off this week. Thanks for the phone call. And listen, uh, remember, he threw for what three fifty five against uh, New England with three turnovers. Yeah. So we know he can throw it. The question is, will he throw it to the right people? And part of that has got to be him understanding and seeing the field. Gordon, that's the, it's, all, it's, it's, really, it's really about him playing to the best of his ability. He's got to grow up. Okay, that's what this is about. This is about growing up, understanding what they're – understand what Belichick is giving you. And just take it. Gordon, if you have to stay on the field and go 14 plays like you did last week when you marched down the field against the Bills, then that's what you do. Don't try to rush it. Take what the defense gives you and don't turn the football over. Gordon, it's it's, it's easier than it sounds. Right. It's easier than it sounds, but it's but the not game hard. Plan is not. The game plan is pretty simple, right? It is. When you rely on Zach Wilson, he has to play, as they say, within the structure of the offense, right? Yes. You don't have to go out there and be the hero. You don't have to even try to be the hero. Um, now, th- th- that said, that game was close, even it with was. the three interceptions. Yeah. So there's no reason why the Jets can't go up to New England and win this game. Uh, the nope. Patriots are not great. Their quarterback didn't play great in that matchup either. Nope. Uh, this is a game the Jets absolutely have to have. Problem is, it's a game the Patriots kind of absolutely have to have too if they want to make That's the right. playoffs this year. So it's going right. it, to be a fascinating game on Sunday. It really is. It, it's it's must-see TV. And, and think about this, Jets fans, just for a moment. You're playing a meaningful game yeah. The week before Thanksgiving. You haven't said that since since Todd Bowles was here in 2015. Long time ago. And, you know, the only thing – I saw a quote from Mike LaFleur who said that, you know, that Zach Wilson's very resilient and he swears he's very resilient. The only problem with that is it feels like the Jets coaches have gotten it wrong with Wilson the entire – you know, they, they made him a starter right away. It was clear he wasn't ready to be the starter right away. They told him that he was leaps and bounds in front of where he was last year going into year two. He hasn't been leaps – he's been basically the same guy. Mm-hmm. So I hope they're right for their sake because if it's not – if they're not, they might be sunk. Uh, I don't think yeah. they're sunk. I think the Jets will go up there, and I thought that they were going to win the first game. So I definitely yeah. think they, they have to win this one. So Absolutely. But uh, it does kind of ride on the quarterback can't kill you. He can't. He can't. And, Gordon, you've had two weeks to prepare for this game. You've had two weeks. You're coming off a bye week. You've had two weeks. You've scouted everything they've done against you. He should be prepared, and you should have some things that Belichick hasn't seen from you offensively. That's how you're going to win this game. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Hello? Hey, John. Hey, how's it going? Uh, hey, how's it going, Gordon? Larry, how's it going? Uh, you know what? I was going to say something about congrats to Aaron Judge. It's pretty dope having a Yankee as an MVP. And um, I just wanted to say, I don't know if you guys seen his uh, post-game interview. Like the fact that he had just had his parents, his family, I don't know if it was his agent. And that says a lot about a man. Like, the man looks respectful, family man, and focused. And instead of, you know, talking about himself, about the season and everything, he brought up his team. He, he said, basically, this is the uh, team award. It's not just me. It's basically the whole team. And that says a lot, man, because I think this guy is even better like than Derek Jeter. Because Derek Jeter, he was a really cool guy, but this guy was dating the whole models and everything. This guy, that says a lot about Aaron Judge. I say we got to pay this man. That's our captain. We got to sign Benatendi and I get a, do a couple of trades, um, probably get a pitcher or two. And I think we will run it back and let's do it again. 
But my point is, we got to sign this man, Larry and Gordon. This man looks good. This man is really says a lot about a man. I don't know what you guys think about him, man. Thank you so much. All right, Jonathan. Thanks. Thanks uh, for the call. I'll Gordon. I'll I'll start from outside because I'm not a Yankee fan. But it's hard to criticize anything he does. He says the right things all the time. He performs. He shows up. Even the questions of him coming up in the big spot. You can't even say that after this year. I mean, yeah, yeah the playoffs were a different thing. I get right, it. Sure. But during the regular season, I mean, he carried that team. And, and and listen, hats off to, to the American League for pitching to him <laughs> when nobody else was hitting. I mean, you guys are something else. You guys, I give you I give the American League credit, Gordon. I give them credit. He was he was the only threat in that Yankee lineup to hurt you. And they constantly do injury, bad play, poor hitting. And he constantly produced every opportunity he had. I mean, it's, it's hard not to like a guy like that. It is. Uh, I think any organization in sports, any organization outside of sports would want a guy like that representing him, right? Always says the right things, never gets into any trouble, um, carries himself with, uh, you know, coolness and a calmness and uh, a classiness about him. He's great with kids. I mean, it just seems like he's got everything, and obviously he's a great player as well. So. Mm-hmm. I, I've always kind of felt like he'll be back, and until he's not, I'm going to stick with that. Because yeah, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to imagine what the plan B will look like yeah. if he's not. That's for sure. There's no question about it. I mean, listen, if you're not a Yankee fan, you may not root for him, but you respect him. Yeah, you respect him. You respect what he brings to the table. You do. You respect the, how he how he handles himself and everything else. Uh, Jose's in Jersey. What's up, Jose? Hey, fellas, how you doing tonight? Thanks for taking the call. Hey. Okay. Um, Hey man, so so the Knicks and and it's not and it it intrigues me and I love to hear you guys reason as to why it's not spoken about more. But you know, as as great as this kid is and he's popular, I think the biggest recent mistake the Knicks did was grabbing Obi Toppin and not this kid Tyrese Halliburton. That kid right now is averaging twenty and ten. He's shooting over 40% from three-point line. He's shooting almost 50% from the field, and he's in the high 80s in his free throws, and he's doing it at $4 million. He's doing it on his rookie contract. I think a lot of the problems that we've had, you know, going from there would have probably been uh, minimized if we would have grabbed that kid. And, and, and you know, I, I know picking Knox and not GSA, we picked the wrong Kentucky guy that year, and we grabbed Frank Nilakina, and, and there was Donovan Mitchell. But I don't think that that's spoken about. I really feel that was a big mistake grabbing Obi Toppin and not that kid from Iowa State because, you know, it, it just seems so obvious that we needed. Our glaring issue has been what? A point guard for the past forever. Mm-hmm. We grabbed Obi, who is a good player, can't break the starting lineup, and you got this kid who's an all – he looks like he's going to be an all-world point guard. And, and you know, I, I think – we made a big mistake with that, and I know I get it. Obi Toppin, he'll do the you know between the leg dunks, but you know, look at what that kid is doing right now for the Indiana Pacers. And by the way, if we wanted to go out and get Donovan Mitchell, and we had that kid, then we probably wouldn't have been you know so torn about getting you know getting rid of an R.J. Barrett or or this kid Grimes or whatever. And if this kid would have been part of the package. We still probably would have been able to get Donovan Mitchell, but I just don't understand why that's not spoken about a lot because I think that was a big mistake. As much as I like Obi Toppin, I think Tyrese Halliburton was the pick. All right, Jose, we got you. Thanks for the phone call. There's a lot of people who have said that. I think in retrospect, uh, the whole thing was, Gordon, They were. I think they brought in Toppin, drafted him because they were ready to move on from Julius Randle. I think they were going to try to get him in a deal to move him on, move on from him. And Toppin was going to be a person that they were going to insert in place of him on the roster. Most people thought, Gordon, to be honest with you, it was a shocker when Obi Toppin was picked. Most people thought that Halliburton was going to be the Nick draft choice. Yeah, and I don't know where uh, he's been listening to, but uh, I mean, I feel like that's been talked to death (laughs) that the Knicks should have taken Tyrese Halliburton. Absolutely. He's mm-hmm. not wrong. Uh, yeah, they should have taken Tyrese Halliburton at the time, and that's just one of the one of the areas that the Knicks have gotten things wrong in the past. 
um, is with draft picks, right? It, it's one thing to have all these draft picks, but you got to hit on these draft picks. And, yeah. and past regimes have done a far worse job than the, you know, I think OB is a good player, but Halliburton is a better player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that part of the reason why they went with, with OB was, you know, they have this CAA connection, right? And mm-hmm. uh, he was he was represented by CAA. So I was not all that surprised when they took top. And even though I was among the many, it seems like, that uh, wanted Halliburton and felt like that would have been the perfect pick because of the need at point guard for forever. And, and, and that's one of those sliding door kind of moments. If you take Halliburton, um, everything from that point forward is a little different, right? You're not, right. You're not bidding this offseason for a point guard, you know? Nope. You're not, you don't have the, maybe the log jam that you have to get guys minutes like Obi Toppin who can't crack the starting lineup. So, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of areas the Knicks have gotten things wrong, that's for sure. No doubt about it. AJ's in the Bronx. What's up, AJ? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey. Um, I'm, you know, I'm listening to you guys talk. I'm listening to all these callers call. I think Knicks fans are the most delusional base I've ever heard in my life. We're, we're talking about uh, don't mortgage the future for Donald Trump. What future? Like, like, what future are we talking about? There's no talent on the Knicks. At least if you bring Donovan in, which is a way better play than we've had in the last 10 years, at least other players can say, you know what, I could play with him. And potentially we could get more free agents to come play with us. But just talk about don't mortgage the future. What future? This is pathetic. What are we doing right now? Every time we get close to picking a good player, we nitpick this player. Well, he's not an A. He's a B. Are you kidding me? We have a bunch of Bs. A B player would, would be a great for the Knicks. We have a bunch of Bs. I don't get what's going on here. We every time we get close to picking a great player, let's nitpick. He's a B. He's not an A. I hear you, AJ. I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Thanks for the phone call. But, I mean, but, here's but, the thing know. for AJ. Like, is yeah, Mitchell's better than any player you have. But is he good enough to elevate you to anything special if he's playing with a bunch of Bs? Hmm. Right. Because even if you're trading away uh, a couple of players, you're mostly trading away draft picks, and I think. Do the Knicks have four number ones this year or something? They have some ridiculous number of yeah. number ones this year from mm-hmm. you know from all the different teams. From Orlando, et cetera. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. I mean, they have a bunch of them. But, um, you know, I, I get what he's saying. Mitchell would have been better. Um, sure. I can see the other side of it as well because, like, it would have made you better, but how much better? Yeah. And, A.J., the fans aren't the ones who made that decision. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the Nick front office. So I would agree yeah, with the, them. Nick fans are generally delusional. Well, yeah, because yeah. because we're starving. Yes. Oh, no, absolutely. I get you it. Know, you're delusional. And, and, and some of this is, okay, well, we didn't get him. This is, all right, well, okay, this is how you make peace with yourself because you didn't get the player that you probably really wanted, Gordon. He's not here. Well, it's okay because, well, we didn't get him, but it would have been a problem with defense or it would have been a problem with this or he would have been. So that's how you try to rationalize the fact that you're looking at a team that in a lot of ways, Gordon is not much better than maybe no, a player or two better than what, than what you were, which is not good enough to get you where you need to go. Yeah, they're kind of in the middle. They and um, that's the worst place to be. It's bad to be in the middle. Yep. It's really bad. In the NBA, it's, it's, that's the worst place to be. It's awful. We'll continue the calls next on 98.7 ESPN.